Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth Podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. So show of hands, who is actually happy living in Joe Biden's America? I don't see anyone out there actually happy with the raise in gas prices or the lack of fuel available, especially this woman. <laughs> Look at this picture. Some socialist supporting genius in Virginia has a huge bumper sticker saying no pipeline while filling up her Honda. You just can't have more cognitive dissonance than this. But what you can have, at least in Joe Biden's case, is cognitive decline. Watch him bumble his way through uh, responding to the gas crisis. And so, uh so fully, and we have to, now they have to, and there may be some hip, hic, hiccups like I just had, and delivers, delivers its existing inventory. That lifts hours, the hours restriction. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what the, you can do, the drivers, the criminals who did the attack. And we need, and we have to, we know we know what they need. Protecting our nations, our nation against cyber attack. We've seen critical in, in, in infrastructure taken offline. Gas lines throughout the southwest, or excuse me, the southeast. I, uh, and uh, my, uh, the, uh, and uh, one of the things that uh, is that uh, um, how how we get to a point where they get to a point where, uh, um, but uh, I expect uh, I'll be. Uh, I have no comment on that. Thank you. What? I think we're all very painfully aware that Joe Biden is not really running this country, especially when he admits that he's not even supposed to be answering questions. Watch this. You guys are bad. I'm not supposed to be answering all these questions. I'm supposed to leave, but I can't resist your questions. Um, uh, I, I so who is actually running the country? Who is telling Biden not to answer questions? And why is he obeying them? So joining me now to discuss all of this and more are my new best friends and soon to be your best friends too, Chuck Woolery and Dr. Mark Young, the co-hosts of Blunt Force Truth Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to Just the Truth. Thank you for having us here. Appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, this is so great that we are all interested in getting to the truth. And so, Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, what's the truth of what's going on in Washington? Who's actually running the country? We know it isn't Joe Biden. Um, you know, I don't want to get into diagnosing somebody from a distance, but it's, it doesn't take a doctor to be able to figure out that he's struggling. It's funny, this and has never stopped him before. I don't know why he won't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and I'm going to see what Chuck says, but my guess is uh, if we want to find out who the president of the United States is right now, it's probably Susan Rice. Interesting. Interesting. Chuck, what do you say? Well, that, that seems to be the, the line out of Washington anyway. That's what I've heard, Mark, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's Susan Rice. And uh, whether she's doing it or not, which means Obama. 
And uh, so it's the Obama administration running the Biden administration, because let's face it, most of this administration is made up by Obama people anyway, or ex-Obama people. So uh, we're going to live through at least four years of the Obama era again. And here we are in the middle of, you know, it's funny. I watched him today and he was talking about the uh, COVID and how this has been a great thing. And we are all not going to wear masks now inside and out if you got the vaccine. And he went through this diatribe of thanking the American people over and over and over again. And he just pandered to everybody out there. And there's one name that he failed to mention who is responsible for all of this. He never mentioned President Trump. Mm. And, of course, the thing of it is, I don't know whether that sits well with the American people or not, but we know who started this whole thing and got it rolling, and we wouldn't even have a vaccine to talk about whether you're for it or against it had it not been for Donald Trump, period. Absolutely. Which, and remember, they said couldn't be done. Right. Yeah, right. Right. And you know, and, and it's so funny because during the campaign, you had Kamala Harris over and over again saying, Well, if it's a if it's coming from Donald Trump, I don't trust it. I'm 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 not gonna take the vaccine. Right. And then as soon as uh, they're sworn into office, then of course, you know, they're all pushing the vaccine on the American people. Now you have the CDC coming out today and saying, well, if you get the vaccine, then you cannot wear masks. This is just trying, in my opinion, to incentivize people who are you know, maybe for good reason, saying we were hesitant to take the vaccine. This is just trying to incentivize them and to now shame people that if you're one of the ones wearing a mask indoors, ah, clearly you haven't taken the vaccine. What say you, Mark? Well, I would just tell people just forget wearing the mask. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Look, the mask is, I, I know I'm going to take a bunch of heat for this, but the reality is trying to stop this virus with a mask is like trying to shovel sand with a with a tennis racket. <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you look at the molecular size, when you look at the size of the virus and you look at how most masks are built, it's a ridiculous comment. And we have seen overwhelming evidence now that shows that the masks are creating more health conditions and more health concerns than they would ever hope to, per to prevent from, from the virus. And the last thing I'm gonna say is, when we look at the virus rates right now, it is not as it's not as virulent as it used to be. And the reality is your chance of getting the virus or dying from the virus right now is less dangerous than it is from the flu. Mm -hmm. If we had a flu, of course. But the flu, we've defeated the flu this year. There Apparently. is no flu this year. Isn't <laughs> yeah. that amazing how we defeated the flu? Yeah, it's amazing how when you manipulate numbers to your advantage, then you can prove all sorts of things. And so, you know, Chuck, I'm so tired of everyone politicizing the virus. And in the last 20 seconds we have in this segment, you know, what do you think about the masks? Well, I think the mask is like putting up a chain link fence to keep the mosquitoes off your patio. Uh, but that's my personal opinion. I heard a doctor say that once, and so I'm repeating it. But, uh, yeah, this whole mask thing is... It's it's just it's like the Make America Great hat for the left. Mm. Yeah, it's Does it's really just. Does that make sense? It's it's virtue signaling, absolutely. really. Absolutely. Yeah, and and just and politicizing it to the point that this is no longer Americans getting together saying, you know, hey, we have to fight this together. This is all about Republicans versus Democrats, like everything else in Washington. So we'll be right back with more of Just the Truth. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and we're continuing the conversation with Chuck Woolery and Dr. Mark Young, who are the co-hosts of Blunt Force Truth Podcast. And I love this podcast, you guys, because you are just willing to go at it and to tell the American people exactly what you think. And I'm so excited to have your opinions on this show tonight. And we're talking about Joe Biden's America. And let's face it, he has had 48 years of accomplishing nothing, and then in 100 days is now accomplishing only literally tearing down every good thing that President Trump did. I mean, Chuck, this this to me should highlight to the American people how much we want a second term of President Trump. Well, there's no question about that. But the interesting part about what you just said and what's going on in the country, because I, I do watch MSNBC and I watch CNN. I watch them uh, not religiously, but I certainly check on them all the time. Uh, I listen to what the New York Times has to say in the Washington Post. So main, basically the mainstream media, they cover for him and just glorify him every day. I mean, there's no criticism. There's, there's no self-reflection. No, so the people who watch these, these stations and the people who read these newspapers, they have no idea really what's going on until it hits them at home. And then they'll get and go, well, why didn't I know about this? And the reason they don't know about it is because the mainstream media won't talk about it. They just cover for him. And that's the disgusting part of all of it. And they did just the opposite with Trump. Every time Trump would do something good, they would just pillar him and beat him for it. And, right. But that's Washington. I mean, you know, come on, it's a, it is a sewer and a swamp. <laughs> Absolutely. And anytime if he would do anything good, they would pivot and say, oh, let's focus on something else over here. or Let's ask him a question that's designed right. so that we can call him a racist or, or whatever. I mean, there were so many times and I had the distinct privilege of, of course, of uh, working for him directly. And I remember him calling me, uh, you know, a number of mornings and, and just just laughing and saying, have you, have you read this piece in, you know, whether it's New York Times or whatever, because he was also like you, Chuck, a prolific consumer of media. He wanted to know what everybody was saying. I think it's a great thing for conservatives to see what everyone across the political spectrum is saying. And he would call me and, and say, you know, reading this headline, this is just so ridiculous because everyone who is reasonable and rational knows what the mainstream media's lies are. And so, Mark, why are people still even reading things, believing it? That's what I don't get. How come they're, they are still at all credible? Well, you have something. First off, you have a certain amount of the people, no matter when you look at politics, you've got a certain amount on the left and a certain amount on the right that are going to going to completely buy into confirmation bias. So I want to believe these good things about Biden. I want to believe these bad things about President Trump. So I'm going to I'm just going to watch what is in my bubble. I only want to be fed the information that makes sense to me. Then you have another group of people, we'll say those are the lower informed people that are sitting in the middle, and those people are dealing with what you would really refer to uh, as availability bias. And what that means is the, most, the information that is most available to them is the information that they default to. So as Chuck was saying, when you look at the media, you have places like Just the Truth, just like your show, our show, Fox News, you know, Evening, but other than that, the majority of the media. Evening. Yeah. 
You have to <laughs> you clarify. Like that, huh? You have to clarify. You have to clarify the time frame there. Yeah, news. for sure. Yeah. I I absolutely clarified evening. But when you when you look at a percentage, what percentage of the of the media is telling the truth? What percentage of the media is telling the lies? And it's availability bias. This Chuck has brought this up before. This goes back to Joseph Goebbels, and, and you tell a lie often enough, and it will become a truth. And and that's what this is focused on. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't understand, though, why through the four years that President Trump called out the fake news media, and you have CNN and MSNBC as not the beacons of just the facts. I mean, I remember growing up thinking, you know, CNN is really just the hardcore facts they're reporting. They're trying to shine a light on all of politics. And that reputation, of course, has been completely changed by their own their own doing. Uh, well, but they I think assembled it. And, and absolutely. And President Trump sh uh, shown the light on that. But why then are people still unwilling to then go and look at different places themselves. I mean, and I think, you know, the, the, the trend in terms of um, the ratings are definitely going downward, but you still have these mainstream media outlets that are getting away with lying, Chuck. Well, there are people who, who, who are on these, who are anchors and everything that, that uh, their group, whoever that group is, will defer to them and, and take what they say, or they say what they, as it, getting back to confirmation bias, They'll they'll say what they want to hear, and so it's it's just simple. I mean, there are people. It's easy to fool people. I mean, <laughs> this goes back. Everybody knows that. Uh, if you're not that curious, and Lord knows the press doesn't have doesn't have any depth of curiosity at all, and so the people that listen to them obviously have no curiosity. You never get to the bottom of it. It's just a. It's, it is truly amazing. Right. And, and we Trump have another said, thing too. If I could add something, Chuck, and that is. A, that a vast majority of people today are getting their news through social media, not through the right. news outlets. That's true. And believe it or not, a lot of young people are getting their news through comedy. They're actually yeah. getting it through late night news. And you're looking at far left late night news people. Well, and I mean, you're the looking Tonight at Show media. and yeah. the, 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 the late shows are all political now. They're, they used to be entertainment. Right. And they're, they're just, still so on Trump. Yeah, yeah and they are. Politics has become entertainment, but aside from all of this negativity that's going on, there's one thing that you have to credit Trump for. He exposed everybody for who they are, and we can thank him for that because we may not like it, but he turned that page and showed who they were, and they they never scattered, so they just continue to you know to feed the beast over and over every day. But we know who they are now. Yeah, and we may not like the truth, but it's always no. better to know the truth and know who people Absolutely. really are. And sure. and we know now who Biden really is. I mean, if you look at how his campaign tried to project him as this, you know, very stately moderate who, of course, was hiding out in his basement the entire campaign, and he wouldn't give answers to anything. Uh, he wouldn't talk about court packing. Oh, I don't want to get into that, because as soon as I answer that question, that'll just become a headline. That was his excuse, and that was his reason. Yeah, but now course. we look at what he's actually doing in his first little over 100 days. And you look at the gas prices between uh, President Trump and Joe Biden now when he couldn't even wait 24 hours before uh, shutting down the Keystone pipeline. I mean, that's not reality in America that we can continue to make this country great when you have those types of policies. 
Well, when Jennifer Granholm Jenna, came out and said, you know, the safest way to transport oil and gas is through pipelines, I thought, well, maybe they'll fire her today. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, they won't, and they didn't. But, uh, you know, yeah. Th think about this. He signed 50. Think about this, Chuck. He has signed 50-plus executive orders. Do you think there's any possible chance that Biden could tell you what those 50 orders are? No. No, but, the, but, the, but here's, the, here's the point of those 50 orders. When he came into office, he they had one thing that they want to, wanted to accomplish, and they're continuing to do that. Reverse every single policy that Trump put in place. Just reverse it. Even if it's wrong, reverse it. <laughs> and they, they did. And, and they were making a lot of wrong decisions. Because, you know, most of the things that Trump did, I believe, were, you know, spot on. Yeah, and it's the same thing like what, what Liz Cheney is suffering from and why she lost exactly. her leadership role is because yes. when you put personal animus above your own role in leadership and what is good for the American people, then inevitably the truth of that comes out. And I think you're so spot on, Chuck, because for Liz Cheney, her voting record, 98% conservative, yet look at look at how much she, everyone is so excited that she's not in leadership anymore just because she hates Donald Trump. But there, there's, there's something to this that I think is no one's really talking about. If you'll notice, People in uh, the media who are ex-Bush people, none of them are pro-Trump. And she's an ex-Bush person, so's her dad. And and none of them are, are for, for Trump at all. And I think it has to go back with maybe how Bush was with Jeb and the whole family turned against him. So now, if you want to be in good with the Bush, Bush family, and by the way, I voted for Bush twice, and I live in Texas, so I mean, I could get probably a lot of <laughs> slap back from this. But I, I'm just disappointed because... It's so obvious to me that they are so anti-Trump because of Bush. Absolutely. I want to take that one step further, Chuck, and that is, and, and again, I voted for both Bushes, uh, supported them, but the reality is if you look at the Bush family, the Bush family has always promoted a globalist uh, yes. look of the world. True. And Donald Trump is not a globalist. Donald Trump is a nationalist. And they tried to portray nationalism as being Nazism, which it is not. And it is simply nothing more than he wanted to put America first. And I think that's part of the reason why you have a split with, with many Republicans and with the Bush family. Because no matter what the differences are between Bush and Obama, they were still both on that, that nationalist uh, road. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of uh, genuine conservatives who are interested in conserving the principles of liberty that America was founded on to say that our rights come from God, our creator, not our government. And that includes protecting our borders. That includes making sure that we are protecting and preserving the rights of Americans first and not having this sort of globalist agenda. If you look at the political spectrum, the Democrats and the Republicans are no longer just a little left or a little right of center. The Republicans Republican and Democrat Party are actually very far to the left in terms of leaders like Liz Cheney, like Paul Ryan, uh, like even some some would say Mike Pence in terms of uh, his globalist agenda. I think he was a very good second to President Trump. So that's an interesting possibility. But in terms of looking at the Republican Party as a whole, we have to get back to genuine conservatism. And that means conserving our principles of liberty and the reason that our country was 
uh, was so great. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with uh, Chuck Woolery and Dr. Mark Young and uh, dive more into our principles of liberty and contrast where we were at with President Trump uh, making America great again and where we have fallen just in the first 100 days. But do not lose heart because there are still so many of my fellow Americans, I know you are listening, that you want to keep America great. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and we're continuing the conversation about Joe Biden's failures and why we are so excited for President Trump's next term with my good friends Chuck Woolery and Dr. Mark Young, who are the co-hosts of Blunt Force Truth podcast. You can find that at bluntforcetruth.com. And gentlemen, in the break, we were talking about, uh, Mark, you made a great comment about what Biden has actually accomplished in his first 100 days. He has. He has proven something. And what Joe Biden has proven is that it only takes 100 days to definitely prove to people socialism doesn't work. Absolutely. Now, and think about it, what could this guy do with, you know, 600 days? But the, the reality is, you know, as, as I said before, Biden isn't in charge. Biden is. And, and I want people to think of something. Biden must be scared to death right now as just as, as a human. Forget about about what he's doing as a human. This guy has got to be beside himself. He is so far over his head right now and does not have nearly have the cognitive abilities to pull off this job. It would probably be a very frightening thing to be him right now. And you can see it when he's off script talking. You can see one of the reasons that he just doesn't hold it together is because he's literally afraid. And you have to wonder, and I've wondered this, where is his wife in all this? I mean, Jill Biden has to know what's going on and how could someone who genuinely cares about their spouse allow this? You know, I tell you, it's abusive. This, is, this is the I strangest agree. thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but this is a family business with the Bidens. It's a lot of money from very unusual places like China and Ukraine and and Bahrain and all these other places. So as long as the money's pouring in, I guess just, you know, take it with a smile, back up poor old Joe, push him up to the podium, because quite frankly, he's just, he is literally the voice of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is now who's on stage when he shows up. Now, that sounds kind of silly because he is the president and he is part of the Democrat Party. But everything we're seeing is reflective of where the Democrat Party is now. My question is this, and I'm really curious about this. Why is everyone deferring to the far left? Everybody. And there are even Republicans that are doing it to it. Mm -hmm. I could answer that. Oh, good. The you can always answer everything. That's why it's that. <laughs> the reason they're deferring to the far left, because that's where their money is. Mm. And they have really? to appeal to the donor base. Yes, they have to appeal to where the donor base is. And the donor base is on the far left. And that's the reason they keep preaching the far left story, because when 
The Democrats have tried this. Whenever in recent time, whenever they drift off the far left, they go down in fundraising. This is where their money is, and they have to keep speaking to the money. Hmm. Well, and I think that that's also definitely true when you look at um, even the, the LGBT agenda and you look at Big Pharma, who is now creating um, all of this new category of constituents and customers. I mean, this is just they're creating this problem that they're feeding into and saying, well, now we'll provide you this service. I mean, it reminds me of the Dr. Seuss book, The Sneetches, you know, where you had, uh, you know, this guy who all he was there for was to give um, the Sneetches something that they didn't need. And to take all their money. And the very last pages, he was laughing on his way when he had all the money in his big truck saying, I fooled them, basically. But you know, if we go back to what would have happened if Donald Trump had not been nominated uh, in the primaries, and I, I didn't support him initially. I was a Ted Cruz supporter. I didn't know Donald Trump um, from anywhere uh, other than you know The Apprentice. And I just thought, well, okay, I, how can I trust him? But then once he got in office, and I supported him, I voted for him, um, I skeptically, but I said, well, he'll be better than Hillary. But once he got in office and he actually started accomplishing things and fulfilling his promises, I always think to myself, what would have happened? Where would we have been with the far left if Hillary had actually gotten elected? And I think that's where, Mark, your point is well taken to say that this is really, uh, whether it's the third term of Obama or the first term of Hillary, that's what we're seeing in the Biden administration. Uh, what are your yeah, thoughts, Chuck? Being able to break this down to the simplest equation, Trump was for the people. That's why he's a threat to Washington. Washington is never for the people. Washington is for Washington. Washington is for government. I don't care what side of the, the aisle you're on. They're government people. They're global people. Trump just wasn't that guy. He was interested in what was happening with you and me and the guys on the line and and the country and how it was going. And, and it just absolutely frustrated the elites in Washington because they've never been for that. That's what they preach and that's what they say. But we know for a fact that they're not for the people. And he was. And they, they hated him for it. And they hate the fact that he was a blue-collar billionaire. That drives them yeah. crazy. Because yeah. they Absolutely. hate blue-collar people, and they hate the idea that a blue-collar guy who, who is a normal, everyday guy, incredibly bright, but, is, but cares about normal, everyday people, also reaches that, that level of success. If you look at Donald Trump, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I was the same as you. I supported Ted Cruz when we orig originally in the primaries. And what, I, what, what happened, this is what I think happened with Donald Trump. When we look at Obama, Obama was very much an ideologue. He had a very set agenda when he came into, into power. I don't think President Trump actually had an agenda. I think President Trump is a problem solver. He's an entrepreneur. He came in, he said, show me the problem. Let's weigh all of our options. Now let's pick the best answer. And what happens, it's not that he came into office as this amazing staunch conservative. What he proved, just as Biden is proving socialism fails, what President Trump proved was that liberty and capitalism work. Because what President Trump did was he looked at all the options and he picked the conservative answer, not because it was conservative. He picked it because it was the right answer and it happened to be conservative.
Mm, that's a really great assessment, and I think uh, that's why there were so many of us who were supporting traditional politicians and uh, you know, those of us who have been around politics or even just concerned voters who supported the best of the traditional politicians, in our view, you know, there were Rubio and others uh, were, were good as well. Uh, but then I think you're right that when President Trump actually came in and he was willing to ask the question, why are we doing it that way? What What's going on here? Why are we he sending... Had the, he was the only curious guy in Washington. <laughs> yes, and because... <laughs> he was the only one that not... had any monocle of curiosity. Totally, because the, the rest of the bureaucrats in the swamp in Washington, they don't want to, to question anything. They just want to continue to save their own power and their own money. They don't actually want to work for the American people. And President Trump came in and he just said, well, no, well, why? Because he didn't need Washington. Washington needed him. And that's why the Republicans, and like Liz Cheney and all of the others who are just Republican in name only, didn't like him because he was willing to ask those questions questions and problem solve in a way that actually returned power back to the American people. That's what he said in his, his very first inaugural speech. You know, it's the politicians have turned. Go ahead. Mark. Go ahead, Chuck. Go ahead. No, Chuck. You said, politicians you have turned this into profit. Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Chuck. Sorry. Said, I'll, I'll try to moderate. Well, you said something. <laughs> you said something about getting back to our conservative roots. And and uh, I appreciate that sentiment. However, I would say this. And I've said this over and over again. I am a conservative constitutionalist, and that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a conservative guy. I default to the Republican Party because they're as close to that as they can get. However, Republicans, by and large, hate conservatives as much as Democrats do. And I think that they prove that every day. I, I That's the one thing that is discouraging to me, that they just— they're just not that interested in being conservative and having conservatives because they fight with us all the time. They should be the conservative party, and they're not. Right. And I'm hoping that they will important. be. Right. And I mean, you're, Mark? you're talking about getting rid, getting rid of Liz Cheney and everything else. That's what this is about. Clean the swamp out. Yeah, but but they're looking at replacing her with Elise Stefanik, who is even worse. I mean, they, can the Republicans do any worse at sabotaging themselves? I mean, this is what's so frustrating. And, you know, Mark, do you think that we need to start a third party? Because, and I've said on this show, I'm ready to turn in my Republican registration. If I, I am only keeping it because I can vote in the primaries. But I'm kind of thinking about maybe not being a Republican any longer. I unfortunately think that we need to fight for the Republican Party yeah. because the the way our system is designed, a third party actually being viable really doesn't work in this country. Because yeah. even if you had a third party president, you wouldn't have a third party Congress. So now you'd have a president that wouldn't be able to get anything done because everybody would be an enemy. Hmm. So well, you, you have to make it work. Did, didn't you, know, you see it, Madam Secretary? I mean, you know, she she was an independent, I think. <laughs> you know, so. Well, that only happens that in Hollywood. That was a TV show. Oh, uh, man. That. All right. <laughs> but, I mean, that's really what you saw with Trump when he came in. He was almost, he was really like an independent. And he right, had really, a lot of trouble you. getting things done through Congress because nobody wanted to support him. Yeah, and remarkably, he got done so much more remarkably. than... Remarkably. Yeah, remarkably. And even with all of the slings and arrows from not only the media and not only the Democrat Party, but also his own party. And I think that was what was so frustrating to all of us who are genuine conservatives, to see how much Washington and the swamp was so against everything that we elected him to accomplish.
Yeah, but just remember, Mitch McConnell was not the hero everybody thought he was. Mitch McConnell was interested in one thing. That was the Supreme Court and judges. And after that, forget it. He wasn't for anything else. Right. I think, I think the thing that the left missed, one of the things I think that the left and the media missed and even some of the Republicans missed about Donald Trump, and that was the more they attacked him, I understand his, his personality, the more they attacked him, the more that, that he actually fed off of that. Mm-hmm. So they kept thinking they were going to break him down with all of these constant uh, attacks on him, and they, didn't, they just didn't understand He's just going to get back up and come at you harder. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I won't, you know, say that it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi because, you know, that's another movie, too. But maybe it'll be the same. If you strike me down, I will come back even stronger. So we'll look at another yeah. uh, another term. But we have to take a break here. But we will be right back with more with Chuck Woolery and Dr. Mark Young. We're talking about conservatism, the problems in the party. And, uh, you know, moving forward, though, because I think the great thing is that there are so many people who are still standing up for the truth and are proud to be Americans, and we need to move forward in confidence. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Continuing the conversation here on Just the Truth with my good friends Chuck Woolery and Dr. Mark Young, who are the co-hosts of Blunt Force Truth podcast. You can find that at bluntforcetruth.com. And we're talking about the absolute train wreck that is the Biden administration. And, you know, hey, he liked Amtrak, so I think that that's a very apt analogy. Uh, But one of the failures of the Biden administration was actually highlighted in one of the uh, press briefings earlier this week. I think it was actually today, where a reporter pointed out that Biden has not yet nominated an ambassador to Israel. Watch Jen Psaki's reaction. Why hasn't the administration prioritized naming an ambassador to Israel? And will uh, that name be in the next batch of ambassadors that are are named by this White House? Well, I would expect we'd have more in the coming weeks on uh, an ambassador, nominating an ambassador to Israel. But I will say, and having lived and served at the State Department for a couple of years. We have a very talented, trusted uh, career uh, diplomat who is there on the ground, who is fully engaged with the White House, uh, is fully engaged uh, with uh, with leaders in the region, uh, and as is his entire diplomatic team. So I think it's important for people to understand it's not as if we're halt uh, just because you haven't had a nominated and confirmed ambassador. That's important. But the system of governing career staff, foreign service officers are in place so that there can be the continuity uh, through administration. Hmm. Well, it sounds like, uh, Chuck and Mark, that she's just saying, well, you know, it could happen, but I don't know. Chuck, what do you think? Who needs an ambassador to Israel? You know, it's, it's the <laughs> oddest thing in the world. The Democrat Party is notorious for being replete with Jews who vote for them in New York and places like that. And yet they're anti-Israel. There's no question about it. Of course, they accuse everybody else of being anti-Israel, but they demonstrate it every administra- administration. So it's just the oddest thing. I've never got my head wrapped around it. I just can't. I don't know why. 
why they continue to support these Democrats that do this stuff. They, they, I don't know whether it's just because they hate Netanyahu and he's been there so long and he's kind of a right-wing guy, but they just don't seem to want to support Israel. They're all for supporting Palestine, but forget Israel because Israel's a mean bully on the block. And of course, everybody's trying to get rid of Israel for years and years, and all of a sudden, they got a little muscle behind them now, and everybody's against them again. It's, yes. it's just, I, it's just odd. It's so mean to be defensive. How dare they? Yes. <laughs> well, imagine the problem, though. How difficult it would be for Biden to appoint someone as ambassador of Israel, because no matter who he appoints, he has to make people angry. There's no, there is no right choice for him. Hmm. That's that's interesting. And, you know, and I also think it's very fascinating that, you know, we have all of this going on in Israel and uh, and Hamas and the unrest that they're I mean, that that now we know that they know there is not a leader uh, of the free world in the White House right now that is a strong, confident leader. I mean, uh, that was one of President Trump's primary things that he said very initially uh, when he came into office was that he was going to have peace in the Middle East and he accomplished it. And now that's something else. Abraham Biden, Accord. I mean, come on. Yeah. And and now, you know, Joe Biden hasn't even made a public statement that's worth anything. It's because well, he's still negotiating with Corn Pop to see if he wants <laughs> to take the position. <laughs> the Democrats have never met a dictator they didn't love. So, I mean, this goes on. You remember Carter? Do you, does anybody remember the Carter administration? I mean, mm -hmm. very nice guy and all that kind of stuff. But, you know. You got to believe on. Carter appreciates the Biden administration. Oh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> but if you say that on Twitter, then you'll trend and people will say, wait a second, why are you comparing those administrations? And I think that it's so sad that so many people have a five-second uh, attention span of history, and they are unwilling to make those comparisons because they don't understand where we've come from and that there is nothing new under the sun and that the Biden administration is just a replica of what the Democrats have always been pushing for. Exactly. And, well, I mean, it's think obvious. about it, though. What did it take to clean up? What, what, who did it take to clean up behind Carter? <coughs> it, took, it took Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Okay. Well, we President need the second Trump, Trump the second term of well, Trump. Exactly. He'll just, well, he'll just clean up after, you know, after Biden. Every time a Republican president comes along, it's worth his salt. His first six months to eight months, if not the first year, is cleaning up the mess the Democrats left. And, of course, when they Fixing come into the office after, after a Republican, they immediately say, we well, got to clean up the mess that this Republican is. It's really interesting. I watch Democracy TV. Nobody watches that. You know what I'm talking about? It's on. I, I actually don't. Okay, it's I, on I Direct TV. That. It's okay. It's right between OAN and Newsmax, and it's called <laughs> it's called Democracy Now. Uh oh. Okay. And uh, it's it's uh, it's all of these lefties and a guy named Thom somebody, and uh, and all they talk about is how the Republicans are doing exactly what we're accusing them of doing. And so it's like they just turn the tables and and roll on, and and nobody knows what they're talking about. And the people who are listening have got to be you know just cheap. They have to be. Yeah, well, it's so called rules for radicals. <laughs> Accuse you of the yeah. side of doing what you're doing. Right. It's exactly. And it works exactly. with a lot of people. And, and it's yeah. also about the leftists that are just changing the narrative and they're trying to say, OK, everything that we're doing, like um, all of the the absolute racist theories that are in the critical race theory and they're wanting to uh, to push white fragility. I mean, there's even pastors in churches now that are teaching that, which I think is just reprehensible. It's obviously fundamentally against what the Bible teaches. But then they want to go out and call people like President Trump racist. 
racist, they're not even looking at the genuine meaning of terms. And that also comes from Marxist ideology. And that comes from you know this whole leftist decoupling of uh, words that have meaning that reflect reality. And you know, Chuck, you were talking earlier about uh, Marxism and how you know this is something that has never worked across any country in the world. So why why do the Democrats and the voters who now have Biden remorse? Why are they thinking that this is going to work now? Because they love Hegel, and nobody knows who Hegel is. Most people have no clue who Hegel is. He was a German philosopher back in the late 1800s. And he started this whole thing with progressivism. He he adopted the term. And then you had the Frankfurt School in Germany. Most of the bad ideas, quite frankly, uh, politically, that have come out of, uh, uh, most of the bad ideas have come out of Germany. And it's odd, uh, Germany in the 1800s was like the, you know, where you planted your seed for all the bad things that happened in Russia and now in the United States. I mean, it's just been going on forever. And progressivism has been taking a slow, slow growth all the way from the late 1800s in the United States with Theodore Roosevelt being the first progressive president. Uh, it's hard for me to say that, but he was. Then you got, you know, you got the next one, which was Woodrow Wilson. Then you got FDR, and it just goes on and on. And every year it grows a little bit more. And now, since all of this, these people in academia have been taught Marxism and love Marxism, it's now on full throttle. And they really believe that they can now turn the country into a Marxist country. But it's been it's been feeding on itself and growing for over a hundred years. Let me, let me add something to your thought there, Chuck. And you and I talked about this on our show recently. And that is Marxism and socialism is a philosophy which is which is based in envy. Right. And envy yeah. is and envy is is bad. Envy is is sick, but it's based in envy. And that's why these people can't see past it, because envy is emotional. They're well, not like looking at, at logic. It was like a guy, I was listening to him the other day, and he said, I was in England, and I, and I saw a guy in a Rolls Royce, and I thought, God, what's that guy doing in a Rolls Royce? Why don't I have one? And he said, now, in America, you come to America, you see a guy in a Rolls Royce, you say, that's a Rolls Royce. How do I get one? Mm. It's a completely different mindset. Absolutely. And it's the difference between equality and equity and how the left is completely upsetting both of those terms and they're wanting to make everyone equal so that no one has the advantages of capitalism and being able to create a more perfect union, go pursue happiness. That's the great American dream. So we'll be right back with more of Just the Truth. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
Welcome back to Just the Truth, and we're continuing the conversation with Chuck Woolery and Dr. Mark Young, who are the co-hosts of Blunt Force Truth Podcast. You definitely want to listen to this and follow both of them on Twitter. Um, I love how they are willing to just speak the truth so clearly. So as we've been talking uh, today, gentlemen, I want to get your thoughts on kind of, okay, we're here. We don't really like it. We're skeptical about the Republican Party. There's a lot that we can complain about for sure, and we should. Uh, but what should we be focused on now? Uh, what do you think, Chuck, is the future of where conservatism needs to go from here? Focus on solutions and stand up for them. Don't, don't be a coward. Here's the thing. When I was in Hollywood, I had a, a little thing that I learned after about maybe the first year. And uh, this is going to sound kind of nasty, but it's absolutely true. And this is what people have to do when you talk about, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. If Hollywood was for it, I was against it. <laughs> and I was right 99% of the time. So it taught me a great lesson is when you listen to the consensus of opinion, I'm usually against the consensus. I'm not a consensus guy. When everybody comes on... Uh, Stuart Varney's show and Bloomberg and all these different things and say, don't worry about inflation. It's going to be just a blip. And it's a little thing that I thought to myself, okay, got to start worrying about inflation <laughs> because all the guys say it's not going to be a problem. So it's surely going to be a problem. Mm, so too. that's, I think you got to look at just the, you know, just the opposite, be an opposite of what's going on. I mean, let's face it, the Biden administration is not interested in solving problems. People in Washington are interested in creating problems. And yeah. that's why Trump was so great, because that's his job literally was to solve problems. That's what he's done all his life. And he brought that to Washington. And you can't run on a solved problem. <laughs> right, right. And, and, you know, I, I tweeted out just uh, last night, I think it was, that, you know, the government is not a revenue-generating institution. And so no. they are trying to create problems that they're going to find, quote-unquote, solutions for with your money. That's how Well, don't you love works. this Mike DeWine giving away a million dollars and kind of a lot of things to take the, uh, take the, the uh, uh, vaccine? Where does he get that million dollars from? It's from taxpayers. That's where it's from. Not even from Ohio, from all of us. Yeah, it's... It's just disgusting what the what the politicians are willing to and what and what's so sad is that people buy into it and they think, oh, wow, it's free, like free education. Let's support that. Nothing is free when it's from the government. We are all paying for it. And they're stealing from us to say we have to fund all of these things that we want to do that should be the individual's decision on what we want to support. And that's why uh, I, I just think I mean, there's so many problems with income tax. We should have never amended the Constitution to allow Congress to do that. There are a lot of different ways that we can fix some of the actual problems, like what President Trump uh, has done, and that's why we need a second term and then more great leaders. Uh, but Mark, what's your thoughts on solutions and where uh, we need to focus from here? Well, I think for the immediate, we need to focus on keeping the pressure on our Senate and keeping the pressure on the Republican Party. I think we need to be as people, we need to stop deciding that it's somebody else's responsibility to do the right thing. And we need to all go out and do the right thing. We need to be running for school boards, running for city council where a lot of this stuff happens. We need to be supporting uh, conservative candidates that will come up in 22. And we need to be out there supporting them with our dollars and not just take it for granted that somebody else is going to do this. But I've got confidence in the American people. Biden and the Democrats are, have overplayed their hand. They have shown America what socialism, they're giving America a little glimpse of socialism. And that's still not who America is. 
And I think you're going to see the pendulum swing the other way. I hope so. And I hope that the Biden remorse voters are going to actually recognize that this is what they voted for and that they will actually change their mind and the percentage of people that in 2020 uh, who were Democrats, registered Democrats who came to the Trump rallies and supported Donald Trump uh, are, are going to continue to support conservatives in office. And I think that's why election integrity also is a huge issue to make sure that we the people get to select and prefer our leaders. You know, here's the thing. All of these, the border can be fixed and it can be fixed overnight. It literally, it literally can, or at least on its way to be fixed. Most of the problems that we have in the United States are caused by government and then promoted by government, complained about by government, and then run for office by government. So they're all solvable. They don't want them. This is the thing that really irritates me and I think would irritate the American people if they really thought about this. These people don't want to solve these problems. And that's the truth. That's the blunt force truth. <laughs> yes. That, and speaking of blunt force truth, in the last about minute we have here, uh, Mark, where can people find you and uh, everything that you both are doing for blunt force truth? And you have the website, um, but talk a little bit about your show and uh, what you guys talk about there. Well, we do the show twice a week. We have fun doing it. It's at bluntforcetruth.com, or you can go to uh, iTunes, iTunes Stitcher, Stitcher, Podcast One. Podcast One, any place where you normally get your podcasts, you can find us there. Chuck, of course, is prolific on Twitter. Yes. At Chuck Woolery, of course. You can find him, and I'm on Twitter, and that's at Mark Young Truth. That's awesome. Well, Thank you both so much uh, for joining me tonight, and I hope that everyone will go and listen to Blunt Force Truth, because Chuck, I think you're so right that we have to continue to be bold and courageous, and even if it seems like we're in the minority, we have to stand up for truth. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Jenna, it's been a absolute so much fun to be on your show thank you and we had a lot of fun with you on our show too yeah uh, it's nice to try to solve these problems and hear other points of view and your parents must be extremely proud of you thank you so much and they're they're great fans of you and i know that they're watching right now so thank you so much and definitely yeah tune into uh, the blunt force truth podcast that i got to join uh, chuck and mark and talk about all of these things and you know this isn't about just confirmation bias sometimes it's good to think critically about these things have deep conversations learn uh, among people who actually are educated on these things and talk about these things and that's why every monday through friday right here on just the truth we always will talk about truth and now to Just the Word. Psalm 34, 1 through 8 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him.
That's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.